Welcome to the On-Premise IT Roundtable, a podcast brought to you by Gestalt IT. On today's roundtable, we're talking about DevOps. Is it a complete disaster? Discussing this completely non-controversial topic, we have Stephen Foskett moderating the discussion, Yup Piscare, Nigel Poulton, Jason Nash, Karen Lopez, and of course, Ray Lucchesi. Check out our show notes for links to all of their stuff at gestaltit.com slash podcast. Welcome, everybody, to the Gestalt IT Roundtable podcast. I'm Stephen Foskett. I'm going to be your host today for this discussion, this interesting discussion. We are here at Cloud Field Day, Data Field Day, in sunny, sunny Silicon Valley. And we've got a group of people around here who are specialists in clouds and containers and big data and DevOps. And one of the things that's been kind of nagging at my mind, the more I hear about this, the more I understand where they're going with DevOps. I understand that you're trying to reduce latency between development and production. I I get that. But there's always that voice in the back of my head that says, DevOps, DevOps is a load of crap. This is not going to work. So, Yoop, when I said that, you nodded vigorously. Oh, yeah. What do you think? So um, the best way for me to uh, describe why I kind of agree with uh, the fact that it's total crap is, uh, you know, compared to a, uh, um, someone who is abroad, he's traveling, um, and they rack up a $11,000 bill for roaming charges, right? That's kind of how developers look at infrastructure. They have no idea what they're doing. They have no idea what... Uh, what it what it's going to cost them, and suddenly there's an eleven thousand dollar bill where they expected fifty bucks, right? I don't um, think we have eleven thousand dollar bills. Is that a Trump thing? <laughs> my, okay. Soon. So so it's, so basically my my whole premise is uh, developers don't know anything about the underlying stuff, and they'll you know they'll just keep doing it wrong. Hang on a second. So are you saying <laughs> you saying that DevOps is a load of crap because users suck? No, develop, developers, developers suck. suck. No. Wow, we're get, we got some more taglines here. Well, so since when did DevOps become developers? Uh, isn't that what the dev no, means? But it's only half of the word, right? Ah, exactly. exactly. No, 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 because the other half is infrastructure as code, which is aimed at, you know. So I, I happen to know people that are that infrastructure as code people, and they're pretty operationally minded, in my opinion. Uh, don't get me wrong, there are developers out there that have never touched a production estate you know, in their lives. They've developed production applications, but they have no idea what it takes to run a production estate and to keep and it up. Exactly. And that's, and that's my worry right there, is that, that is exactly. DevOps doesn't, in most cases, in practice, doesn't mean a, a combination of developers and operations. It means give the operations to the developers. Yeah. So it's not really DevOps at all. It's no ops. And as anyone who knows something about coding can tell you, no op is going to get you nowhere, right? I don't think that's true, though. Okay. I think you're making a bit of a leap there between DevOps yeah. and no ops. I mm-hmm. think, first of all, I don't care what we call it. I think if you can bridge a gap between operations and development teams and get communication up, it is a good thing. If you have to put a marketing term like DevOps around it, fantastic, whatever. But I, I, I you know, I see this. With our customers that are really starting to embrace it, they're not going around operations. There's much more of a partnership there. And sometimes it's rocky, but often it, 
it, it's not just the development team throwing stuff out into production and breaking things. There's still the test cycles. There's still the different stages. There's still the gates. But now you're not having the development side just throw something over the wall for operations to grab, deploy, and suddenly have to deal with. So I don't really agree with that you know, jump to no ops. If you look at like... Oh, I'm sorry. Were you going to say something, okay, Karen? I was. Please. So I'll throw in, though, the sort of... So other than being a boring data person, I also have a history of being... A, a methodologist, which is like an evil world. A methodologist? Isn't, isn't that one of the that was my denominations of Christianity? It is. Yeah, okay. It is. <laughs> so that means I look a lot at process tools, roles and responsibilities, trying to optimize those and fit. And for me, DevOps has this sort of cult following, like other really, you called it a marketing term, we can call it a buzzword, whatever, of, you know, we need to make developers king. So we had RAD, we had case tools, we had um, Agile, we still have, and there are incredibly dysfunctional versions of all of those. (laughs) So handing ops over to dev would be my example of dysfunctional DevOps. Um, Bridging the gap, which is really the DevOps story, I think is wonderful because a methodologist wants processes and standards and tools and techniques in place to keep people from doing stupid things. Like, that's the real reason to have methods. And so I think the it depends answer is that a lot of DevOps, as it's being implemented, is a load of crap because it's just another way for developers to say, get out of my way, I want to do what I want to do, mm-hmm. and I want to optimize my process. And I don't care about data quality. I don't care about compliance. I don't care about that. I just don't want to get paged. So I want to build this. And I want to cooperate with ops so that they'll do what I want them to do, but then they'll be paged afterwards after I've built this great, beautiful, developed-based operational system that won't work. That's the dysfunctional thing. Exactly. And that's, that's my fear right there. And that's why I started by saying this, because it seems to me, it reminds me of a lot of these business things where you see like a big handshake between management and the workers and so on. You know what that handshake is, right? That's not really a warm, welcoming handshake. And again, it seems to me like DevOps is a way of basically subjugating ops and saying, forget you, we're the important ones here. Um, Now, do you know what it is, right? So I think most of us have probably worked in dysfunctional IT environments, right, where there's been this chasm between developers and ops. Never the twain shall meet, right? And that doesn't work. That takes, like, years to get things into production. People don't talk. There's no communication. That model is broken. I get that right. It's like a pendulum that was, like, over to one side. And as quite often happens in just life in general, right, we overreact to something. And maybe right now the pendulum for some people has swung so that, like, developer is king and he doesn't care and all that kind of stuff. But it's... If anything, it's just an overcorrection. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think we're starting to move back to that where you're talking about bridging that gap and where it's um, where we really want to be, where there's good communication between the two, we're streamlined, we've got better processes and things. Um, I think where we are for some companies right now is just that big overreaction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's, that's yeah. what it is, always. And I think... Like the, the things I'm fan of in DevOps is that the real focus on automating stuff. Stop making stupid mistakes. Stop restoring to the wrong server. Stop turning off the wrong server. Stop losing your backups. Stop making your backups different every single time. I mean, 
that seems like such a no-brainer, and yet we keep ma- we've always made those mistakes. And I think that's one of the parts of the focus of DevOps that I really, really like because it's about not embarrass not being another IT embarrassment story in front of business and customers. I have a couple of thoughts here because just like Stephen, I'm the last bastion of the old silos of infrastructure. Everybody else is like, oh, we've got to run software and it's got to be like this. And Jason, to your point, yes, you're absolutely right. In today's model, we are no longer catapulting boulders over the wall for ops. We are instead showering them with rains of arrows. <laughs> Little changes that we don't know which one caused the problem. There was a great podcast that the Packet Pushers did, uh, I think it was last week, where they talked about this. They said, when you look at models where the development teams either have sided heavily in ops or done things like that, yes, you absolutely get away from the things of networking taking two weeks to provision a port or the storage admins not taking a month to give you a one. But what you lose track of is which little change that you checked in was the catalyst for destroying things four months from now. Yeah, developers have a great way of tracking all the things that they screw up. But the problem is those compounding problems have interactions that we can't determine. And anybody who's ever done a code upgrade on a SAN or tried to stabilize a routing process, hell, anybody who's ever worked with Novell Directory Services knows, you make a change, you walk away, and you let the system sort out what just happened, and you come back and you make another change later. When you are trying to make a whole bunch of little changes because we're doing continuous integration and continuous development because developers don't like to ask, you know, mother may I when they do things, it's a big house of cards, and one thing will cause it to all fall apart. Yeah, but would you rather do incremental updates or one large SAN upgrade? I mean, do you rather, would you rather make and track those small changes that need to be made or run from that boulder. And I think that's the difference. And nobody's saying hourly pushes and, you know, uh, deployments, right? There are people that do that, but those people are, don't believe what keynote speakers say on stages. The number of people doing those things is this big. Mm -hmm. The rest of the world, their idea of continuous deployment is maybe once a month, maybe once a quarter, right? And if you do it properly, if you test now, I'm saying if, right? If you test properly, if you do these things properly, and that's part of the whole DevOps mentality, is you should be able to capture and see those changes and do it correctly. Now, if you shortcut it and your testing doesn't even remotely resemble production, then you get what you get. But I, I think that you know these large push and large releases over to ops is far worse than incremental weekly, monthly, quarterly changes that are actually tested instead of the stuff that's just chucked over. But it, but it all comes down to proper change management, basically. Uh, agreed. Yeah. So the, the reason I actually think you know, that the whole DevOps term is, is more, more of a marketing term than anything else because each time I hear someone say DevOps, I hear someone say ITIL change management processes. Oh. Um, and it all comes down to just simple communication. Uh, be, be aware of uh, which tooling is used on what side. You know. what, what we've got to get to a point, for me at least, is to stop looking at our dev and ops environments as playgrounds for people to make changes, or you know, whether they be hourly or yearly. We've got to make our infrastructure look like a utility. It needs to look like Amazon. 
If you make a change in your Amazon environment, it doesn't crash the rest of Amazon because they have ways of turning their entire infrastructure into a resource pool. And that's what we have to do. The network has to be stable. And in order for that to happen, that's another completely different argument. The developers have to stop asking the storage and the network admins to fix their stupid coding mistakes in our infrastructure. <laughs> oh, well, your, your network background is showing, Tom. Your CCIE is sticking out of your shirt right oh, here, there. Here, let me, let me feed you a softball, Karen. Karen, um, you know, if you would fix those queries, the infrastructure would run just fine. Layer two, yeah. emotion yeah. fixes all of our problems. The thing is, that's not the real world, though, is it? We sweep crap under the carpet all the time. It's much... Don't they say it's it's cheaper and easier to throw more tin at something than it is to go and try and unpick something? I get, yeah, I especially get what, in the cloud, you can just have the computer throw its own tin. Okay, in there. but I know, yeah, I get what you're Robot. saying. I just, it, it's almost not the real world. Well, uh, let me give you this example. When C- Captain Kirk had a problem, <laughs> did he go to the not dev? The did he world. go to the starship guys, or did he go to ops and say, "Scotty, fix this. I need That's warp speed in three minutes, or we're all dead." That's engineering, but engineering is still ops in that case because he didn't design the Starship, he makes it run. No, that's actually DevOps. Scotty does the lot. Yeah. He is your ultimate DevOps guy. You know, that's true, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because yeah, he's, he's coming up with the crazy, the crazy idea, and he's also the one who makes it happen. And you know who the data person yeah. is? Yeah. Data. Uh, oh. <laughs> yeah, but, but Scotty's actually a bad example. Think about Jordy and data. They broke the Enterprise half the times they were trying to make it run better. Yeah. But it never but crashed and burned. Yeah, because yeah, they were running around with their hair on <laughs> I just watched Star Trek Generations. Yeah, it way <laughs> crashed and burned. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, okay, so I'm going to actually flip this over. So now that, I've been, uh, now that I've been Mr. Grumpy Pants up here saying DevOps is a load of crap, um, w- wouldn't you expect that that's just what IT uh, operations people would say? Yes. Because yes. saying DevOps is a load of crap is, frankly... Exactly, analysis or analogous to saying, "Oh, those little you know open systems computers have nothing on my mainframe," or you know Windows is never going to be a production server operating system, or Linux is just a tinker toy from some um, experimenters. Um, are we just empires. are we just hurt that we're losing our empire? Instead of putting in an ad here for subscription socks, website hosting, or pretentious food delivery, I'm just jumping in quick to remind you that if you're enjoying the on-premise IT roundtable, to head on over to gestaltit.com. We've got coverage from across the enterprise, from virtualization and servers to networking, storage, and the cloud. While you're there, sign up for one of our newsletters, and you'll get our latest coverage right in your inbox. If you haven't already, subscribe to the on-premise IT roundtable in iTunes or your podcatcher of choice. And while you're there, rating and reviewing the show wouldn't hurt either. All right, let's get back to the discussion. I think some people are. Oh, well, without yeah. a doubt, I think so. Oh, yeah. I think giving up... Now, I don't think it's unfounded, right? And by unfounded, I mean if I shift a bit of control to the development side and things blow up, I'm probably still going to get that call. So I think it's more of a fear of the repercussions of this. But I still think there's a bit of holding on to anything that a lot of IT departments can hold on to because the world is changing way faster than it has for them in the last, call it 20 years, right? But I, I'm not convinced it's unfounded, but I don't think it's right. Yeah, I've been in a, in a continuous integration environment and an incremental in- integration environment. And 
Yeah, I, I think the continuous integration environment worked well because the infrastructure was very, very stable. The environment was stable. The diagnostic tools were stable. Everything that was there was pretty much stable, and we were just kind of interfacing with it. The incremental integration environment, we developed the operating system. We developed the hardware. We developed the diagnostic tools. It barely survived. <laughs> we make a change, and things would go bad. It was a disaster. But the continuous integration problem, if there was a, if there was pro, if there was a change that made it an issue, it was instantaneously pulled out. It was so easy to manage. So I think there's, a, there's an infrastructure maturity question here that has to be dealt with when you're talking about DevOps. Can you do DevOps automa automation and, and automate that operation, automate deployment? I think you can, but you really have to have a lot of maturity about the process, about the infrastructure. It's got to be very stable. Well, one of the things that uh, just got pointed out from the table here from somebody who's not mic'd, I want to bring that in here. Um, traditionally, operations got the blame when the system went down, and dev got the credit when the system mm. performed. <laughs> um, from that perspective, you know, I mean, basically, operations is always the one. I mean, basically, and what that means is you can never do well as an IT ops person. You're always either overlooked or in trouble. Which is it going to be? Yeah. And most of us have been very satisfied with overlooked. Um, maybe DevOps is a chance for us to not have to have that situation anymore. Maybe it's, it's a chance to do some hand-holding and, and, and rise above that. Tom, you're, you're grimacing. I, I, the, it, Jason pointed out, and I think his, his point is exactly valid, the more that ops turns over control of what they've been good at for years, the more that you can, just, you can, you can hear it in their voice when they're like, fine because they're still going to get the call because when the developers can't throw more code at the switch to make it mm -hmm. the port work well, i gotta call the wizard and the wizard's got to go fix it and now the wizard's going to be grumpy because i told you this wasn't going to work but the communication part is absolutely necessary and, and and ray's point was spot on you have to have a mature stable resource pool to work from before any of this works the way that it's supposed mm -hmm. to. Because, you know, speaking from a networking background, if you make a small routing change to a network that was on the brink of falling over to start with, mm -hmm. and even backing the change out won't make the fallover stop, that was a huge process problem that needed to be fixed a long time ago. And with only with stability will the ability to make changes that don't show up really, you know, that, that will finally go away. I mean, yeah, Netflix checks in hundreds of code changes a day into live production. We've all seen it with the A-B testing and mobile apps. They don't even bother giving you release notes anymore because they're changing so much crap on a regular basis, which fries my brain. I'm like, what did you change? I need to know exactly what you did to my steady state machine that I have to look out for. And, and, and honestly, one of the biggest things for anyone in here who plays video games knows when you check a code patch into, an, on a, into a living system, you never know what's going to happen there. And you have to understand all of the different interactions between all the little actors in the system before you understand that. Because you can never assume that a code base is stable. It's just we haven't found all the bugs yet. Tom, I think I'm missing something I don't get. Are you saying DevOps is tosh and it doesn't work because operations doesn't have its act together and doesn't have a stable infrastructure. Yeah. So 
That's so, not a so, dev, but that's not a DevOps problem. No. <laughs> that sounds more like an ops problem <laughs> Well, to in me. a minute ago, you made the comment of ops giving up control of things that they've done well for a long time. And I would argue <laughs> most of the time they're not done well. No, you're yeah. right. There's, there's a bounded event horizon. Um, to, t- traditionally to dev, ops is call the network, mm-hmm. call an IP address, call a storage LUN somewhere. And we have always worked under that event horizon to make that call work. Well, as you start moving those calls down the stack so that the resources are more exposed, yes, absolutely, things are going to be broken. But it also exposes all of the broken crap that we can finally get fixed. Like, why do I have to have a stretched layer 2 DCI between London and New York? Because your stupid app won't work on layer 3. And so that's one of the things that, that, that thankfully, exposure of devs into ops world can let us go, I've told you this is broken for years. Write better software. <laughs> Who hurt you, Tom? <laughs> Applications people. <laughs> yeah, I, guess, I guess that's actually right there. I want to I end this on my own because uh, I'm the one who posed the question. Um, I want to end this by basically admitting that as an IT ops person for 10 years, um, one of the horrible, sad truths that I never wanted to admit was that I was barely keeping things stable. Mm-hmm. And, um, and the reason I'm terrified of DevOps is not because I'm terrified of DevOps. It's because I'm terrified of the world realizing that nothing works at all. And we were just barely keeping our head above water. And now what you're saying is you're going to have somebody else do this job, somebody else who probably doesn't have all these battle scars, who's never experienced this, and, and potentially exposing just how bad everything was. And so maybe DevOps could work if we have a different infrastructure. Maybe what we really need is um, DevOps in the cloud. The On-Premise IT Roundtable is once again brought to you by Gestalt IT, home to IT coverage from across the enterprise. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at Gestalt IT and at Facebook.com slash Gestalt IT. Very original. The On-Premise IT Roundtable is produced by Rich Straffolino. That's me. Until next time, from all of us here at Gestalt IT, have a super sparkly day.